Hey friends, this is Chidima, also known as the Type A Hippie, and this is the Type A Hippie Podcast, Cheekcast, episode 30-something, <laughs> 34. <laughs> One day I will get that without having to uh, pause. So this is episode 34, and I am on with Gina Pollard. She is a grief counselor and just an all-around amazing Fabulous, badass. (laughs) I like the badass part. Right? Woman. And so we met several years ago when I was still living in Las Vegas, but I had come, flown into town in Phoenix and I was staying with Steph, of course. And so we met over essential oils and uh, just our love of humanity. And we, I don't know, maybe it was one-sided, but I immediately developed an affinity and admiration for Gina because she just, she's just this light. And we- It wasn't one-sided, Chate. It was two-sided. Okay, good. So we recently (laughs) reconnected in a different space because times are changing, right? And so our circles collided again. It's not that we weren't in, I mean, we weren't in contact as much as we are, we have been recently. And so I just want to welcome you to the Cheekast. So welcome, Gina. I'm so excited to be here. So excited to be in this space with you. You're doing amazing, amazing stuff, Chi. Thank you so much. So tell people about yourself in your own words. Oh, wow. Okay. So um, I am a self-admitted hope junkie. Uh, And so that lives out in my world because my call in life really is to work with people who have um, been through and survived abuse, grief, um, really just rotten times in their life and to be present with them because I believe there's a whole ministry of just being present with people and helping them to see the light that is within them and to remind them of divine love's grasp on their life and call to them deep in their soul. So as a result of that, um, I I am a life transitions coach. So I spend time with people who are moving from one thing to another. Maybe they're becoming empty nesters, maybe they're changing careers, maybe they're getting into or out of a relationship. Uh, And then that has all led me to certification as a um, certified grief recovery specialist because there is so much of grief that is involved in moving from one stage of life to another. Uh, and I really think that it was providential that I be, that I got the certification because given everything that is going on in the world today, where everybody thought that they knew one thing and it turns out to be something different, we're all grieving it's in so one way true. or another. The, the change in our life, the change in the zeitgeist of the United States, uh, and certainly the change in the people around us. Oh my goodness. That was so good. It's so true. So I'll tell you the reason we reconnected Gina is that in August, and if you listen to this podcast regularly, you know, you may know what I'm going to say. And so in August I was doing a social media mentoring call with Seth, uh, one of my best friends, Stephanie Moores, and she also has a podcast called the called love activist. And so she and our other friend Mandy, we recently started the Social Justice Book Club, right? But prior to that, 
I was in Las Vegas again, having lived in California for only three months, and I thought that I would be there for probably four five years. And so I was feeling very low in my life. I felt like I was a failure, like I had launched, left the nest, right, so to speak, and was flying back. So I was back in Las Vegas, tying up loose ends, kind of closing the door on almost living there for 10 years and releasing new stuff to my stuff to new owners, that sort of thing, saying my see you laters. And I remember being on the on this video call with Steph and I said oh she said you should start a podcast she and I was like absolutely like I didn't even say anything I just started to cry and she said why are you crying and I was like I don't know but I definitely have nothing to say and that definitely sounds like a terrible idea actually you know and (laughs) she (laughs) right and so We were talking more about it, and then after that, in a moment, I just thought I should reach out to Gina. I don't know where the thought came from. It wasn't of me, and I called you, and you picked up right away. I didn't think that you would pick up, and you picked up right away, and as soon as I heard your voice, I started to cry again. So Uh something was going on with me, and I totally was in a transition because I called that time from, I would say, April... May to August when I finally landed, literally landed back in Michigan on my flight, I experienced a lot of trial, tribulations, travel, and transition. And so Ooh. I was in this space. I love alliteration. So I, I was, <laughs> was going to say that, but I didn't want to interrupt your flow. <laughs> no, I was in this space where I was so unsettled and so ungrounded. And I actually, during the summer that I lived in California, I lost 10 pounds. And I wasn't even trying. I wasn't, I was working out, but not enough to lose 10 pounds in three months. Uh, I was very stressed. And even though, you know, I believe and utilize prayer and meditation and other spiritual tools, and I'm very connected to the people that I need to be connected with, and I use essential oils, I was internally, there was a lot going on. And yep. so, I think that's one of the reasons like I felt very safe with you and I just released. Uh, and then, then we, you know, connected and started to do some work. Uh, and we have recently reconnected on that, but yeah, let's talk about, so I didn't feel like I had something to say myself until after the election. So on 11, nine, 2016, which I saw a meme and people were like, some of the worst days in American culture was 9-11-2001 and then 11-9-2016 because people there, I really feel like there's a clear delineation of what my life was like pre 9-11. Right. Uh, And I remember where I was when it happened. um, And, and then, you know, moving, moving forward. Uh, Right. Right. And then same thing with this election. I call it the circus of an election cycle. And I feel like we were assaulted psychologically uh, right. during that election. Right. And it like it, it was pretty vile in in many respects. And and I'm not absolving anyone of anything. You know, I, I, I wouldn't even sit here and say that one candidate was perfect and the next one was horrific. It, it was just 
it was just bad all the way around. Well, that and, would be disingenuous to say that either one was, you know, what we would ideally want to have as a, exactly. as a candidate. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Um, and duplicitous, right? So. Right. Absolutely. So, yeah. So I woke up, Gina, and I was just like stunned. I mean, I had such great discomfort. I'll put it that uh-huh. way. Uh, and, and did this nagging discomfort for a week. And it's not because I don't believe it's not because I don't have a faith perspective. It's not because I wasn't praying or that I wasn't meditating or that I wasn't using oils. It was to your point, And maybe we haven't talked about this quite yet here on this podcast or in during the pre-call, but it was, I thought I knew people better. Yeah. I thought we were somewhere different historically, even though I know that racism exists. I know sexism exists, bigotry exists, prejudice, institutional racism, xenophobia, transphobia, you know, homophobia. You can't I be know. a citizen of this country and not understand that those things exist. Or exactly. per- let me put it this way. You can't be a person of color in this country that's and right. not understand that that still exists. That's yep. right. And so how do, like, because sometimes people, you know, I saw a lot of insensitive posts, like people from one side that were happy with who the nation elected said, well, I didn't need a safe space to process. I managed, I survived. I wasn't happy the last eight years. I suffered, blah, blah, blah. And I don't mean blah, blah, blah to be disrespectful. I mean, the list went on for them. Uh Um, And, you know, so people were very insensitive. I felt from one side, and it wasn't at all. It wasn't all. But I, I did see some posts that were interesting to read and I don't think people really understand that people are grieving and I didn't even understand that I was I kind of knew but what is grief Gina what is it exactly and what does it mean and why do we grieve I mean I think I have some ideas but you know more than I do you studied it and what does it kind of look like for people so I'm going to tell you first of all that grief looks different for every single person And I don't care if you are identical twins in the family and you lose grandma, the grief experience is going to be different for each of you. Um, But I also want to say this, that grief, um, as we talk about it in the Grief Institute, is um, unexpressed feelings or emotions. Um, And those may be surrounding unmet expectations. Um, We talk about... Um, even in the grief recovery handbook, one of the very first things we talk about is as a child, when you realize that mommy and daddy aren't perfect, right? and maybe what they told you isn't going to happen, there's a little grief that goes on with that. So you're learning to be disappointed. Um, Grief is um, one of those things that we all experience. um, And the Grief Recovery Institute has identified over 40 different kinds of things that we experience in our life that we will have to grieve over. Uh, Grieve over meaning that we um, have to process the fact that things are not going to be the way that we thought that they were going to be. Right. I first became interested in grief recovery because I I do um, 
a prison ministry um, here in town that helps the families, the women whose lives have been impacted by incarceration, either their own or that of a family member. Yeah. And I sat with a woman one day who was saying to me, my boyfriend just doesn't understand when I cry because my child has gone to prison. And I said to her, well, of course you are crying. You are mourning a whole list of things. You're mourning the fact that that little baby that you held is not going to grow up to be the same person that you thought right. that they were going to be. You're, you're mourning the fact that you're not going to have the freedom of contact with them. There's a whole lot of levels of mourning that go along with that. Um, when we talk about grief, we talk about as life stages happen. Uh, so I like to say this, uh, if you just got a great promotion at work and you're going to, we'll dream big, we'll say you're going to double your salary and that's going to be life changing for you, you're going to grieve because your relationship with your coworkers yeah, that you've change, come to change. know, that's going to change. Right. Um, your own lifestyle is going to change and so there's going to be something that goes along with that. So when we talk about grief recovery, we're talking about um, grieving over the loss of a pet, empty nesters, uh, you name it, things have changed. I think with regard to the um, election cycle, uh, even going back to so many young black men getting killed um, at the hands of law enforcement. Um, let's talk about the, the Charleston uh, massacre. And, and, and mind you, I am a woman of a certain age who grew up in the 60s and 70s, seeing the nightly news with fire hoses and dogs being turned on protesters. So this is not as if I didn't know that racism um, existed. But I thought that we had come to a certain place where at least people were all united in working to get rid of racism. Right. Uh, and with the shootings, what happened was people, they didn't understand the hurt which was kind of weird. And then they tried to justify yep. the things that happened. And I'm looking at people going, don't you understand how this affects me as an African-American woman? Right. I, I, I don't get why you don't understand that. Um, I left um, a church recently um, for a couple of reasons. Uh, and that, that caused grief for me because there were people in that church that I thought were friends, that we loved each other and had mutual respect for each other. Mm -hmm. And one of them condemned me out of hand because I refused to denounce same-sex marriage. Same -sex marriage. Sure. And not just denounced me, but went after me um, at uh, a place where I work, uh, went after me within the confines of the church. I have another person uh, at that church who I kept saying during the election cycle, hey, can we let agree to disagree because I'm not going to support your 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 uh, candidate sure and I don't understand why you don't understand why I won't support your candidate it was kind of like what are you talking about and I said I said you know as an African-American woman I I'm really hurt right. by this and what she said to me was I don't care about racism racism doesn't matter to me yeah got it and I thought oh whoa 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 hello. She said, I just see you as my friend whom I love. And I said, well, if you really loved me, then you would care about those things that hurt me. That's right. um, and she didn't get it. And so um, for those of us who live a life of faith, it has been really horrible, um, horrifying, humiliating, attach whatever adjective you will, to find leaders of churches who purport to be followers of Christ 
meaning that they understand that the greatest rule is that um, the, the, the first greatest commandment is that we love God and the second one is that we love our neighbor as ourselves. Um, yeah, to, to decide that it was more important to embrace somebody who uh, was nothing like what we say we, we value. That's right. And for somebody who, if that person came into our churches, um, we would vilify, hopefully. Uh, and then for them to say, oh, no, we love this man. And so, therefore, this is who we want. So there's a great, great, great deal of disappointment and understanding that not everybody who says that they're a Christian actually espouses Christian beliefs. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, it was so interesting to me to sit back and watch. I asked a friend recently whom we voted for two different people. We have a, I don't even know if I want to say similar, similar faith perspective. I believe that I was called to love the divine and love others. And sometimes my love for you is needing to check you right quick. Sometimes I just need to say something difficult. I will do it in a respectful manner. I will also not put myself in harmful unsafe situations whether sure. physically or emotionally so sometimes I just am done and I'm not interested in continuing a conversation because it's not healthy for me and that's wisdom right right so I asked about President Obama my forever president I said <laughs> forever I 44 it. baby right <laughs> I said there is a party that has oftentimes said, you know, Christian values, Christian values, Christian values, uh, family values, blah, blah, blah. Uh -huh. And if you take away President Obama's policy, because I know that you don't agree for a number of reasons, I'm not, we're, let's not even talk about that because that, as far as I'm concerned, is a moot point because we're not going to agree on that. Sure. Let's just take a look at this person as a person, as part right. of humanity, as a man right. who loves his wife. I mean, unless you are blind, you see the love and adoration that they have for one another Sure. and loves his girls. So then what is the problem? And my friend whom I love and respect and who loves and respects me brought up a previous president who was unfaithful. And I said, I'm not talking about that person. Right. We need to stay on topic. Steph and I talked about the rules we have. I have these rules also in like real life, not just on social media. We need to stay on topic. Yes. I'm asking you about President Obama. I'm not <laughs> talking about a previous, uh, you know, administration beyond him. I'm not speaking of even this new administration in this moment. I want to right. know... And then I brought that in, compare that to thrice married, five children with three different women, unfaithful, you know, and, and not to go into that, but that's important because you're right. For me, the church was so loud in their silence, right. their silence was deafening. And when I see, I recently saw, I'm not your Negro. And I posted a photo of Medgar Evers. Uh -huh. That's a beautiful post. Right? Beautiful. And thank you. Uh, 
at age 38 when he was killed. And myself, and I, because I'm 38 now. And then I posted a picture of Trayvon Martin at age 17 when he was killed. Uh, and I posted my 17-year-old photo. My senior <laughs> oh, sorry. Year. I didn't mean to giggle about that, right? but yeah. Uh, my sister said, you have no neck. And I was like, um, that's kind of not the topic right now. <laughs> like, we're not talking no, about not that. That yes. is not the point. Uh-huh. And I wanted people to see because I, too, feel I have a hard time believing people when they say they love me if what concerns me and grieves my heart doesn't grieve theirs. Yes. I don't think that's love. I think it may be like. I think there may be affinity. I think there may be admiration and inspiration, but I don't think that's true love, like agape love, like we talk about, you know? And so I totally am in agreement with you about that. Um, So here's the thing. thing. If you get more pissed off and call me divisive because I am calling out racists more so than you are about the fact that racism still exists in 2017. That's right. There's like a really huge disconnect yes. in your value system. Yes. You know, and so that was one of the other things that happened in this place where I that I left because people were more concerned about the fact that I was talking about racism and homophobia and xenophobia and, and all of the rest of that whole basket of deplorable characteristics of <laughs> totally. well, to, to go ahead and borrow from from HRC. <laughs> That's uh, right. People were really more offended that I was talking about it than about the fact that those things exist. Well, and can I just add this? So back in the day, well, you everyone already knows my age now. So I celebrated my 20th high school reunion last October. You're such a youngin. <laughs> right? But I feel like I'm not sometimes. So my freshman year at University of Michigan, I was in an English class, and U of M the only U of M, by the way, is located in Ann Arbor, Michigan, which is a pretty open community. Okay. We have a lot of diversity. And I say that, it. I mean, some people would disagree. What I'm saying is we have a lot of international students. My father was one. Uh, he got two masters and a PhD from U of M. That's how my family came to Michigan, the state uh-huh. of Michigan, uh, from Nigeria. My parents did. And so... Someone in my class said, ignore racism and it'll go away. And I, w- I wish I could find well, her now well, and say, well, how's that working for us? Wow. Ignore yeah. it and it will go away? Ignore it and it will go away. And I was just like, um, even as a 17-year-old, I was like, yeah, I don't think it works that way. You know? I was like, yeah, yeah no, that's not that's not a thing. You know, my brother was And clearly they were not a person of color either. No, she was not. And had no understanding of the civil rights movement. No, she was not. Or anti-slavery and the abolitionists in the Civil War. No, she was not. You know, and that, and that saddens me because these are people who, I mean, I, I'm friends with a lot of people that believe a lot of different things and lead all different lives and all of this good stuff. And I was talking to, um, I recently interviewed uh, John Pavlovitz, and so we were talking Woo! about right. Shout out to John, Love right? Him. Shout out to John. Um, <laughs> we were speaking about this notion of like you know Christians sticking your Christ, and I was like, John, that kind of sounds gross. Like that sounds awful. Like to only have friends that believe one thing, um, and oftentimes don't even seem to be leading a life 
that demonstrates that belief and that, you know, that, that, um, that DNA. Right. I feel like it's, that's, that's what I'm looking for, you know? So it is important to have these different, um, different circles and to always be willing to take a look at, like, I'm always willing to, I mean, that's why friends, I reached out to Gina again. We just had a session yesterday. Cause I'm like, there's some stuff, you know, there's some stuff and it's always helpful to feel a, that you're not alone. Like there's something right. incredibly powerful, right. About me too. Or uh-huh. even someone who is understanding that is, uh, that has studied some of this stuff and can really get deep with you and go deep with you so that you can get, you know, deeper into the flaws of our makeups that have caused our failures and not failures in the sense of, Oh, I'm such a failure. I don't mean that. Please don't go there. What I'm saying, that's not helpful at all. You know, you don't look in the rear view mirror the entire time you're driving or else you're going to have a problem. Um, but what I'm saying is those things that get in my way that crop up periodically it's uh-huh. good to do those deep cleanings, you know? It's like you do the, you know, you go to get your teeth cleaned every six months. Right. And you keep this maintenance up. That's what that's the thing. Like your spiritual condition, you continue to maintain that. The prayers that I prayed a few days ago are not the prayers that I have today, right? Right. Uh-huh. The meditation, it provides me some sanity for <laughs> A period of time and then I meditate again you know sure. especially if I'm bound up it's like oh then I connect with Gina again or I connect with a closed mouth loved one again so anyway so, the other thing is that um, sometimes stuff happens to stir up stuff that needs to be cleaned out and let me yes. give you an example this whole election cycle has raised up a number of us who would not have brought our made our voices as loud Um, had it not been for the extremely vile nature of everything that's gone on. Uh, Because as things started really, I'll tell you when the tide turned for me. Um, I had been feeling uncomfortable for a long time. And the shooting in Orlando, that morning, it was the straw that broke the camel's back. The Pulse shooting at the the Pulse nightclub. Yes. I woke up that morning and walked this floor uh, in this townhouse crying. And suddenly the the chorus that was in my heart and my soul was, I can't be silent anymore. And and my friends laugh because they're like, when have you ever been silent? But, but silent on things that matter. Silent on people being marginalized. Right. Speaking truth to power and saying, we will not be silenced anymore. And so people like John Pavlovitz, Jory Micah, um, uh, Laura Haynes, uh, some of these other folks who really started speaking up, I was like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm agreeing with you and you're getting beaten up so much. I need for you to understand that there are others of us out here That's right. who, who are agreeing with you. It is a matter of holding each other's arms up. Um, lately, I've been talking to a lot of people who are tired of this fight, you know, because it's been going on for a long time. Right. So my, my response to them has been over and over. And here's my response to the grievers. If you are feeling tired and you are feeling worn out right now, it is quite okay to tap out, to tap out for a while. That's right. To sit back, do some self-care, get some rest. But here's the thing. You have to tap back in. Yep. 
so that somebody else who needs the rest can come back in now that you're feeling refreshed. That's right. And that we can understand that we are not alone in this. Um, there are six myths that we talk about a lot when we talk about grief. Um, and these are the things that we're told when we're feeling lost. These are, these are the myths. That time heals all wounds. You'll get over it eventually. That's yeah. not true. Not true. You just continue to push it down and, um, and it festers. And that you can replace the loss with something else. So if your puppy dies, you get a new puppy. Yeah, no, that doesn't really help you deal with the loss. It sort of diverts your energy, right? you know, from that. Um, grieving alone is a good thing because nobody really wants to hear your crap. I'm calling BS on that. That's right. It is a-okay for you to reach out to somebody and go, I'm just not good. I'm just not good. I'm tired and I'm weary and I don't know what to do with this. And you know, if they're great friends, they will bring you cheesecake and chocolate and you will sit and drink tea mm-hmm. um, and kind of go, okay, you're not alone. I'm here with you. Yep. Um, the other one is that you have to be strong for others. Um, I, I gotta tell you that when we are vulnerable and when we say, you know what, this sucks and my heart is really broken right now, we give other people the permission to say that that's the way that they're feeling too. Yeah. And to connect with each other and to encourage each other. Right. Uh, and then, and then another one is, is that we bury our feelings. Um, and I'm going to say that burying it underneath anger is not helpful either. Right. Because anger is really a secondary emotion. It's usually secondary to feeling hurt or disappointed. Uh, and anger can be a great catalyst to get you going forward, but it will wear you out. And it also keeps us from making wise decisions and being able to think strategically. Yeah. So that's when getting together with people who are feeling the same way that you are is really important because then you can develop strategies. Totally. Yeah, no, it's, it's, I mean, I would say that all of this has been the best thing for me, even though it was sobering to recognize and realize kind of there were these invisible lines in the sand that I didn't realize were there. Uh It has been so empowering and so, I would say, joy-filled in certain spaces and uh, gratifying to actually start to take up space and to actually feel my voice stop quivering (laughs) <laughs> to speak up, right, and speak out, and sure. to, um, because I realized, Gina, that I had in the past, both in Las Vegas and in certain circles, beyond that, so I would say, I'll just leave it that way, like in that space, there's a clear delineation in my mind of Vegas and post-Vegas, and so in Vegas, and that is over the course of almost 10 years, there were a lot of times that I played small, accommodate and allow other people to feel really comfortable around me. Okay. Your, your audio is really scratching. Just so you know. Oh no. Okay. Oh yeah. Can you hear me now? It's better now. Okay, good. So I was playing small and what I realized is that that was because I wanted to allow people to feel more comfortable around me. And I don't mean comfortable in terms of, you know, being so like, oh, she's a comfortable person I can talk to. I don't mean that. I mean just so that other people would be okay with themselves around me, you know? Sure. And now that 
desire has dissipated. And not that I'm an ass just to be an ass. That's not what it is. But I am going to say what needs to be said Uh independent of, right? And so that's one of the beautiful things that has emerged is a lot of community is growing up amongst me and amongst others. And we're finding one another and we're connecting and we're doing the hard things together, shoulder to shoulder. Uh-huh. I, I think it's really interesting. Those of us who tend to be people pleasers have kind of outgrown a lot of the people pleasing because oh, it's God, like, totally. nope. so I'm, I'm, I just can't be worried about that anymore. <laughs> and I, for a long time, didn't want to be labeled an angry black woman. Yeah. And then it was like, okay, you know what? I am angry. There's a really good reason why I'm angry. And if that's the way that you choose to pigeonhole me, then that's going to be the way that you pigeonhole me, which means you're never going to listen to what I actually am, am saying right now. Right. Because you're just going to go, oh, yep, another angry black woman, what she pissed off about now. And then you're going to go your way. And I'm like, that's fine. But what has happened out of so much of what is going on is, um, so after the whole Entertainment Tonight audio thing of uh, 45 uh, talking about grabbing women by the genitalia. And I spend so much of my time with um, abuse victims, right. ab- abuse survivors. Um, and I started speaking out about that. Then I had so many emails and texts and things from other survivors of sexual assault saying, thank you so much for speaking up. It has triggered me like crazy. And I don't even know what to do with all the triggering and the crying that I'm, that I'm having right now because of what he reminded me of Yep. in doing that. Uh, and then my LGBTQ friends, um, were <laughs> when I started to speak out about saying, no, you just don't get to treat people that way. And I don't know what you're af- afraid of. Uh, and, and also to mention it to, to people that you don't really know who's in your circle of friends right now, but you might be surprised. Right. Um, then my my um, gay and lesbian friends were like, thank you for speaking up because I'm so angry and so scared right now. I don't know what to do. So even though um, I was shaking in my boots <laughs> and worried, oh my gosh, somebody's going to be peeved at me and I don't know how I'm going to handle that. What I found was so much appreciation um, from the folks who were feeling marginalized and scared and, and let's not let's not um, minimize that who were feeling terrified in some cases um, that we needed to be the voice for people. I have a very dear friend. We have breakfast every Friday, uh, and one morning we started ta- talking about the prophet. She's also a pastor, mm. um, and uh, so we decided that she was Isaiah and I'm Jeremiah because I tend to cry. I have this spiritual gift of tears. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we reminded ourselves that as as our friend Steph says, prophets are tired. And they did get tired speaking truth to power. Um, But um, prophets also were were physically hurt. They were killed. They were vilified in the public um, forums for telling the truth. And if that's what it takes for us to tell the truth and to be heard, then that's what we'll do. And part of my caring for people Part of my loving my friends and neighbors is to understand that they feel hurt. Do I do I understand what it's like to be a gay woman? No, I don't. But I do understand what it's like to be marginalized because of any number of reasons. That's right. And so we have the shared experience of 
being hurt and being scared and being wary of those around us. So I can leverage that to understand that this is not a comfortable place for someone. And so let me use the voice that I have, the platform that I have to speak up on your behalf. That's right. I love that, that, you know, and it's so funny. We're so similar because Orlando rocked my world as well. Okay. And I realized myself that I was not utilizing what privilege I had at the right. time, you know, to speak up and speak out. And so that shifted something within me where now I am posting more stuff. And it's not to speak for any group of people. That's not what we're asking people to do. But right. to create space so that someone in a marginalized community feels comfortable in your presence, you know, and amplifying voices is incredibly important. And I have a right. group of friends that does that on a regular basis. And we kind of mob deep cyber. <laughs> we are, we mob deep in the, <laughs> in, the in the interwebs, right? So it's yeah. like when we someone's did. getting peppered and not for good reason. <laughs> it's like tear off the earrings. That's and right. It's like, we oh, do. No. We send out an SOS because many of us are in a group text and it's like, okay. And we show up and it's like, you were saying, you know, like, I just have this image of all of us. I'm thinking of Steph, Mandy, totally, you, totally, yep. Christine, April, go, yep. Exactly. You know, give somebody the side eyes to go and say what? What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, one of my friends from high school, he does this thing. He'll ask a question and he'll be like, I'll wait. And so I've stolen that oh, from him and Steph yeah, loves it. Oh. And so it's like, oh, yeah, wait, what were you saying? Ignore racism and it'll go away. How's that working? I'll wait. You know, I'd love to hear what you have to say about this right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and so that is one of the things, though, that has come out of this really rotten situation that we are in. Is that more, I mean, who would have thought that Phoenix, I mean, Phoenix, seriously, such a conservative area, you know, the, the, the state is so conservative and Phoenix just doesn't turn out for a lot of stuff. 20,000 men and women. That's right. showed up for the women's march and there was some everybody there that's right everybody was there uh and we all and it was chill and it was loving and we were spurring each other on yeah um, because it was like oh hell no they don't get to win that's right they do not get to win and so um yeah it's it's hard um jury micah posted earlier today about uh, and I, I don't can't even paraphrase it well, but she was talking about um, that using your voice means that you'll lose friends mm-hmm. and family, and I as have as as have I, but yeah. that you gain so many more. That's right. And so it was just the funniest thing as I'm like tracking stuff on all my social media accounts and stuff. I was like, oh look, that was like hardly a blip. That was hardly a blip. And then all of a sudden, you know, there are people around who are like, I love your voice. I need to, I need to hear more. There's a, a couple from my, um, the church I left who um, I had no idea that they um, were so supportive. And one morning I, when I really needed it, because um, stuff was getting real, right. um, uh, they sent me a beautiful email. Um, and they were like, you just keep talking. 
And don't you dare shut up because we all need to be reminded of the stuff in our lives that we need to get rid of and we need your voice. And I was like, oh, well, okay then. Who would have known um, that these people were even listening and that they understood? So um, it's it's been an interesting thing and that sort of helps with the grief too. Yeah, no, it's so true that the same thing happened to me. I forget I posted something and you you wrote a really lovely comment on it um, oh. about my voice. And I just said that I've been blocked. I've been bullied. I've been harassed. Uh-huh. I've had people question my faith and yep. uh, people be really angry and people compare me to number 45 in Nazi Germany. Like, I mean, really. Compare uh, to you? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Then they're really grasping. You, you know why, Gina? Because I had the nerve and audacity to have healthy boundaries on my own Facebook page. What? Yes, yes there are rules here. Like, it's not a free-for-all. I right. don't I don't invite chaos and confusion into my life. So if you are excited about that sort of thing, we probably are not going to see eye-to-eye on many things because I just, yeah, no. My house, no, we're not my, friends my, anyway, so, but you, we're not friends anyway, so exactly. I, don't, my couch. I don't need you on my living room couch. That's so go right. Ahead. That's right. You know, my house, my rules, you know. That's um, right. I told someone once, and uh, everyone gets a kick out of it. I'm sure you will, too. So I said, you're not going to come to my home, and, well, that one is a different one. I said defecate on my couch and say it's okay. But I said, you're not going to come to my home and pee on my kale salad and tell me that it's a new kind of crouton. Like I just... saw that and I roared. I mean, I literally roared when you said that too. Yeah. You know, I mean, please find some business, you know, just yeah. not here. Do what yeah. you want. Live your life however you see fit. Just not here in my presence, in my space, you know, right. uh, so yeah no it's definitely true so Gina how do you self-care because everyone comes to you with their life and their woes right legit and you are there in your presence so how do you self-care uh self-care for me is massage so anybody who, who loves me um yeah massage will always work for me <laughs> Love that. Oh, yeah. So massage, um, uh, gift cards. Yeah, that always works. Um, and it's so funny because um, I've had people send them to me too. I'm like, oh, you heard me. Uh, massage is a really big one. Um, I take um, a day to unplug every now and again. Uh, and what I have learned to do, and I, I tell clients this, I tell all sorts of people to do this. Um, mark it on your calendar. I do this especially with um, pastors and ministers because it's so easy for us to get stuff piled up. Um, mark it out on your calendar. So I will have a day when I have nothing planned and I will just cross it off. And that way when people call me and want to get together or they need something from me, I'm like, I'm so sorry, I'm booked that day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, that's self-care for me. Um, I... I'm very careful who I let into my personal life. Right. Because um, I'm, I'm a really empathic person. So I, I take on a lot of other people's energy. Me too. Um, and yeah, oh, I know you are. And so there, are, I need people in my life who are uplifting and fun. Uh, and um, genuinely caring. And I don't mean people who agree with me all the time, because my girls, 
Um, I have a group that we've been meeting almost six years now, once a month for dinner. Uh, and they call me up my stuff uh, and remind me that it's okay to have to, to allow people to love me and that I don't have to always be the, you know, the mother of largesse um, providing, you know, uh, nutrition and sucker for everybody that's out there. So um, surrounding myself with good people, taking time off. Massage is a big thing. Um, once I get over the shoulder surgery, I'm really hoping to be able to get back to yoga too. Nice. I love it. And you're in a good place for it because you know a couple yoga t-shirts. So. I do. <laughs> oh, and the other thing is essential oils. Let oh, us yeah. not forget the use of oils. Oh, my gosh. Oils are like magic. <laughs> yeah. They're really so, so, so good. Um, and they remind me to breathe. Yeah, no, it's so true. And and you know what? They remind you to be in the present moment, right? Because yeah. you are literally breathing in the present moment and taking it in and having an experience. And yeah. a lot of times that takes us to places, but you get to have this experience. So, yeah, essential oils are extremely powerful. So, Gina, as we get sadly close to the end of this conversation, but sure. Gina and I have some ideas working. So, let me, I always confirm people on the air that they will return to the Type A Hippie <laughs> podcast. Will you come back? I will absolutely come Yay! back. Yay! Okay. Yay. All right. And so that's so, me in front of like God and everybody. That's yes. right. That's what, I'm a smart lady, right? Listeners. brilliant, my friend. You hear it here brilliant. first, right? Gina's coming back. So, yes. um what how do people get in contact with you so if someone feels that stirring or even listening to this elicits some uh like an emotional response and they're like well maybe there's something to this maybe i'm experiencing something like a loss from the past or a more recent loss or sure. what's going on politically how do people or even in their faith perspective uh how do people get in contact with you so my i have a website it's uh www.ginapollard.com. Do people still still say www at the beginning of things? Yeah, I do. Okay, all right. Sorry, I, I just it was just a little tangent okay. there. Yeah. Uh, so ginapollard.com. I have a Facebook business page called um, Gina Pollard. Surprisingly, isn't that original? Uh, and uh, you can find me on Instagram at Gina D Pollard. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Gina Pollard. Um, I'm on LinkedIn <laughs> as well. So pretty strong social media presence. Yes. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I think that, oh, an email, uh, Gina at hope at the center.net. Sweet. Cool. And I, friends, I will have this in the show notes, of course. So don't, you don't have to worry about, uh, memorizing all this. Although there will be a quiz at the end. So <laughs> there's that. Um, Can I just read this one little passage? Absolutely. Okay. So as I've been thinking about this whole political thing, um, Jesus was such an activist. Yep. Uh, such a social justice activist. And he spoke and reasoned the law to the people who were hung up on the law, but to the people who needed him, who needed a touch of healing, who needed... Um, a, a touch of dignity of being seen. He reached out to them and that's where he met them. And, but, you know, his Sermon on the Mount is just a beautiful piece of turning everything that people thought of upside down. And so 
um, bear with me as I just want to read this. Uh, um, he's, he's giving instructions to his boys, to his followers, mm -hmm. to his gang. And he says, along the way, watch out for false prophets. They will come to you in sheep's clothing, but underneath that quaint and innocent wool, they will be hungry wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. You don't find sweet, delicious grapes growing on thorny bushes, do you? You don't find delectable figs growing in the midst of prickly thistles. People and their lives are like trees. Good trees bear beautiful, tasty fruit, but bad trees bear ugly, bitter fruit. A good tree cannot bear ugly, bitter fruit, nor can a bad tree bear fruit that is beautiful and tasty. And what happens to the rotten trees? They are cut down. They are used for firewood. When a prophet comes to you and preaches this or that, look for his fruits, sweet or sour, rotten or ripe. And here's my favorite part. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Simply calling me Lord will not be enough. Yep. Only those who do the will of my Father who is in heaven will join me in heaven. And at the end of the day, at, excuse me, at the end of time and on that day of judgment, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not drive out demons out of the possessed in your name? Did we not perform miracles in your name? But I will say to them, I never knew you. And now you must get away from me, you evildoers. So this is what I want people to understand, that it is not enough to say that they are Christians. It is the fruit of their lives. And when you cut off medical care and when you cut off food and when you don't provide for people, that is not love. And therefore, you are not um, living Christ-like lives, no matter what it says on your jersey. That's right. So true. Thank you for that. Thank you for that reminder and thank you for <clears throat> for being here because I oftentimes think about is my life reflective of my values, right? Um, right. Is it consistent? And thank God I have people who care more about me growing and developing as an developing as a decent human being than about my feelings and so they tell me the truth yeah know? and they give me feedback and they do it in a kind way because truth without compassion is brutality that's right right and so it's all good you know and so that way I'm able to John said this on the podcast um, in which he was my guest and he said He's not swayed by the people who really like him and the people who really don't like him because he's grounded in the truth and he knows who he is, right? And I do believe that that's always changing and evolving and uh, evolving. And if we are willing to continue growing, we become more comfortable in our own skin. And so the things that happen, uh, not really to us, but like we're affected by, and I don't mean actual criminal act you know that sort of thing but you know as we're having our human experience here on this planet we start to engage in it engage with it in a different way and we're less swayed by kind of the people pleasing like you said many yeah. of us grew out of that pretty quickly because it's like mm, oh, yeah you know what i really don't need you to be my friend <laughs> if you don't like yeah. me that's okay 
<laughs> Thank you. As uh, as the meme that you sent me yesterday said, um, totally. Yeah. Do you have yeah, it? Uh, as the Lord said to Felicia, "Fare thee well." That's Felicia, right. something like that. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. Bye. Bye, Felicia. Bye. And <laughs> and Felicia, you know. Yeah. See you soon. So. Gina, I'm so glad that we got a chance to chat today. It has been amazing. I love you so much, and I'm really grateful you're in my life and the lives of so many people that I care about. And we'll definitely do this again, so thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Such an honor, T. I love what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you so much. So Gina's excited about what stories I'm finding um, in Humans of New York. So, yes. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. There was one that I saw that I was like, I gotta save this for a really amazing, you know, time, and I can't seem to find it. But I'll find it another time, so it's all good. Um, oh, this is hilarious. So these are two sisters, and. One was asked, what's your sister's best quality? And then <laughs> she says, what does quality mean? Then they said, what's the best part of her personality? She doesn't really have a personality yet. How funny is that? I love it. <laughs> right? Okay. Uh, so it appears to be a young man, and it says, I got it when I was young. I made the mistake of trying to stop someone from picking me. Uh, picking on me and so he has a scar all across his cheek on the left side of his cheek so it looks like he um he was injured uh and then this young girl it says for the longest time i was so focused on being deaf in my left ear that i almost forgot my other ear was perfectly fine that is so oh interesting my goodness that will preach right that was good that's really really good um, then a man with his son and it says if you're opening a business just for the money you'll fail there's too much work before your the money comes your heart needs to be in it truth yep um, a young woman and it says after I finish my shift at the bakery I start my shift at Starbucks I work 95 hours per week at three different jobs one of my sons graduated from Yale and I have two more children in college and when they finish, I want to go to college, too. I want to be a big boss. I'm a boss at the bakery right now, but just a little boss. I want to be a big boss. I love that. Oh, sister. Go, go, go. She's going to be a big boss. I have yeah. no, no doubt about that. I think she already is. Yeah, she just she has is. That's it. right. Yeah. That's right. So, cool beans. Well, Gina, you are a rock star badass. Love you lots. <laughs> Love you lots. We're part of the ba the badass sisterhood, I think. Yes, we are. Badasses unite. So we need to get t-shirts. We do. We should do that. Someone, <laughs> someone. Wait, look at me delegating because I'm the boss. Someone should get on that, right? Hey, Steph. <laughs> Steph. We need badass sisterhood t-shirts. That's yes. right. Totally. So. So, friends, I will have the show notes. As usual, thank you so much for your love and support. Let me know what you think, if you have any people that you'd like me to interview, and any topics you want to start talking about on this social justice podcast. 
this is, um, this is just, it's just a gift, you know, and to be able to be a vessel and be used to be helpful to you and others is, is a great joy. All right. So I honor the place within you where the entire universe resides. I honor the place within you of love, of light, of truth, of peace. I honor the place within you where when you are in that place in you and I am in that place in me, there is only one of us. So again, my name is Chidima, also known as the Type A Hippie, and this is the Type A Hippie podcast, Cast episode 34. Until next time, stay gratitude-filled. Namaste. Namaste.